It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. I'm really stoked about today's episode because this is the first of three anonymous poker episodes. That right, that's right, <laughs> that's right. There are plenty of sites out there that just don't use screen names and instead they use like randomized numbers for the players at your table, right? This prevents long-term tracking of your opponents with a software like Poker Tracker 4. So you may have heard of and you might even play on sites like Ignition or Bovada. Now, without trackable screen names, playing on anonymous sites, it's a lot like live poker or even in tournaments where you have a constantly rotating cast of characters at your tables and you don't have a ton of information on your opponents. That is unless you're paying attention. And that's what I'm going to help you with today and in these three episodes. I'm going to help you exploit your anonymous poker opponents with the very little information that you have about them. So in today's first episode, I'm going to help you find, isolate, and exploit the fish at your tables. Now, all three of these anonymous poker episodes, they're going to be on the same show notes page, and you have to go there right now. Smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker. Now, on that page, there's a sign up for my brand new poker program. It's a seven-day program, which is called Anonymous Poker Exploits Program. Pretty simple and to the point, right? Anonymous uh, Poker Exploits Program. But the sign up is right there on the page. Once you sign up, you're going to get a seven-day email course. And I'm going to tell you everything that you need in order to exploit your opponents on anonymous sites with as little information as possible. Not just playing and exploiting them in-game, but also studying your hands and learning against uh, these anonymous poker players. So once again, you have to go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker. This is your one-stop shop for everything that you need to win on anonymous poker sites. Now, if you don't play on any anonymous sites just yet, I guarantee this podcast series, it's still going to convince you that you should be playing on anonymous sites. Um like Ignition and Bovada. But at the same time, even if you don't want to play on those sites, the tips that I'm about to give you, it's going to help you on any site that you play on, live, tournaments, sit-and-goes even, where you know very little about your opponents, because that's what it's all about. Anonymous poker, you don't know much about your opponents, but I'm going to tell, uh, teach you what you need to look for and how to exploit with very little information. So before we get to learning, let's get you taking some action. Action first, learn later. Here's what you need to do. Go fishing with any playable hand. 9-8 suited, ace-5 suited, pocket fours, ace-9 offsuit, king-10. If your fishy opponents can play worse hands, then do what you can to isolate the weakest players at the table, especially when you have position against them. So here's the question. How do you know that they're weak? You have very little information. Well... They limp or they call way too much preflop. They defend their blinds too often. They show down crappy hands. Maybe they give up easily on flops or turns. Or maybe they're calling stations and they never give up with any pair or any draw. Now stop the podcast. Take action for one play session to begin your education. Then return to learn more about this smart strategy. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. Half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. 
and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So I'm a huge fan of processes and systems, right? I mean, in these podcasts, I often give you three steps, five steps, seven steps. These are the things you need to do, blah, 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 all that jazz, right? Well, when it comes to going fishing on anonymous poker sites, I have a three-step process. Step one is find the fish. Step two, isolate the fish. Step three, exploit the fish. So I'm going to dive into each of those right now for you. Step one was to find the fish. And for those of you who might not know, let me give you a definition for the word fish or for the player type fish, right? This is a weak level one player. That means they mostly only think about their cards in the board. They're often recreational and they play just way too many hands in general. Most of the time, fish are passive, but some fish are hyper-aggressive, and we might call those maniacs or donks. Now, what are the preflop actions that indicate a fish? Now, these are prevalent on anonymous sites, but they're actually across the board. Tournaments, sit-and-goes, live poker, anonymous sites, um, uh, no-limit, limit poker... They're everywhere, right? Listen to these right here. This, All of these will indicate a fish. And if you listen to this podcast, everything I'm about to tell you is often what I tell you not to do, right, in these various strategy podcasts. So the first one, the thing that indicates a fish is any limping at all. The next one is calling too frequently. If you look at a player and you say to yourself, whoa, this guy is always calling. Yeah, he's a fish, right? Maybe you see these players doing a lot of overcalling. That means they call after someone else calls or overlimping. Someone else limps first in, they limp. Two players limp, they're the third limper. Another preflop action that indicates a fish is raising and then calling every three bet. So basically, they just can't find a fold after putting chips in the pot. Another fishy play. Defending the blinds with any two cards, or because it's suited, or they just can't even fold the jack seven offsuit because they put in the big blind already, they're not going to let you take it from them. Lastly, if you're on an online site and you have access to a HUD, VPIP might be greater than 25%. You'll also see a huge gap between VPIP and PFR, and those maniacs, those donks, those hyper-aggressive fish, they're going to have a PFR of greater than 25%. Now let me ask you a question. What are the post-flop indications of a fish? I have my ideas, and let me give, there's four of them for you right now. Number one is that they're a calling station. They just overpay with any pair and any draw. Number two, they fold way too easily on the flop or turn, and that's awesome, right? Because they're just super honest on one of those streets, and because they play too many hands, remember that VPIP is greater than 25% and they defend way too often, they defend a ton pre-flop, and so they, they help you build a nice pot, but they give up on the flop or turn super easily? Yeah, that's a player to target 100%, right? You're printing money when you see flops against them. The third post-flop action, well, they just can't fold a pair. And they call down three streets, maybe with top pair weak kicker. You know, queen high board, they call down all three streets. You raised pre-flop, queen high board, they call flop turn river with queen 10 offsuit. Yeah, max value from those players, right? And lastly, they show down very weak pairs that logically should have folded if they'd only thought about what their opponent's bets meant on that board. Somebody shows down a jack-eight suited after calling a three-bet preflop? Fish! 
someone shows down a second pair hand on the flop after calling flop turn and river one half pot? Fish! All right, so all of that was step one, finding the fish. So now that you've indicated who the fish is at the table, step two is to isolate the fish. Now, the definition of, to I- of isolating a player is to get that target player all to yourself on the flop. You are heads up on the flop with the player that you want to see the flop with. So let me ask you a question. How do you isolate a player? Go ahead and pause the podcast if you want to think how are the different how many uh how can you isolate a player? Now, I've listed four different ways and I'm about to give them to you, but like I said, pause the podcast and put some thought into it uh for yourself. How do you isolate the weakest fish at the player at the table? So number 1 is that you raise after they limp into the pot. It's called an iso raise. And now you want to make it a size big enough to discourage any other callers and uh, from calling and three betters, you want to discourage them from three betting, and you want to hopefully get the weak limper or just the weakest player at the table to call you. So if they over limp, you want to raise even bigger than normal to isolate them as well. Now my standard ISO raising sizes is five or six big blinds plus one per limper. Um, and if you have three limpers and you know they're all mega fish, go ahead and make it six plus one, seven plus one, make it nine or ten big blinds. Get them to call you with such a weak hand when you have a very strong hand, right? Now, here's the thing. If everyone folds after you ISO raise to six or seven big blinds, so be it. Doesn't really matter. You just earned three and a half big blinds or more without having to see the flop, without having to show your hand. And here's an important idea. Never frown when you take it down. I don't care. If you ISO raised to six big blinds with pocket aces and everyone folded, you just earned 2.5, or if there were two limpers, you just earned 3.5 big blinds without any resistance. And you didn't even have to show your aces. They have no idea what you had just then. Now, the second way to isolate is to raise when the fish is in the blinds and do it with anything playable. So maybe you have 9-8 suited, ace-5 suited, pocket fours, uh, ace nine offsuit, king ten, basically anything that you want to go post flop against the fish with. And to make sure you raise it big enough to discourage all but him to call. If you just min raise in the MP against the fishy big blind, well, there's a really good chance the cutoff, the button, the small blind might call or three bet, right? And that kind of, uh, well, it's ineffective, that sizing. You can't isolate the big blind with just a two big blind raise most of the time. Now, the third way to isolate a player is to 3-bet after they open raise. If you just call instead of 3-betting, you could elicit more calls or maybe even the dreaded 3-bet, right? What you want to do instead is 3-bet to get the fish all to yourself and do this when you're 3-betting hand. You're happy seeing the flop against the fish because when you 3-bet a fish, you just have to expect a call. So if you're happy seeing the flop against this fish with this hand, make it. The last way is to three bet squeeze after your fishy opponent overcalls. So remember, overcalling was calling somebody else's raise, which obviously shows weakness, right? Now you come in with a three bet squeeze, and once again, it's with a hand that you're happy seeing the flop with, or you're seeing the flop against the fish with. So the fish calls and you see the flop. Lovely, right? Now you just play post flop poker. Or 
They all fold, and you smile big at that lovely pot that you just took down. All right, so you found the fish, step one. You isolated the fish, step two. Now it's time for step three. You have to exploit the fish. Now, <laughs> it's, it's, I thought about this, right? There are so many ways to exploit players depending on their tendencies, the range, their position, the board, stack sizes, bet sizes, their history with you, your image, their basic player type. There's so many ways to exploit players, right? So instead of diving into 50 ways to exploit, I'm going to give you two mindset tips for when you see the flop against the weakest players at the table. Now, these mindset tips, they're all about understanding your opponent, then making plays that take advantage of their post-flop tendencies. So here's mindset tip number one. Get value while the getting's good. Now, this is my number one tip for anyone who targets, who purposefully tries to play hands against fish. You're isolating them for a reason, right? You want to earn their chips. So it is a huge mistake to slow play great hands against fishy players. And I have a few one-on-one -on -one students, right? And they're also members of the Poker Forge, like Colin. I'm just going to mention their first name, so I don't want to blow up their spot. Colin, Keith, Mark. These guys, and many of you listening to this podcast, you end up slow playing hands and you don't get the value that you should. They're fishy players. They're calling stations. They love to call. They love to see the turn of the river. They love to catch their uh, sets and their straights and everything. You're missing value when you slow play great hands. Now, these fishy players, they often call with any pair or any draw, especially on the flop. When you check on the flop with a top pair hand, Normally, that's a huge mistake. If you can think about their range and you believe they can, they can call you with like uh, anything weaker than your top pair, your set, your two pair hand, if they can call you with something worse, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to me, your coach, to value bet this player at every opportunity. So the idea is that as long as they can call you with worse, you must bet. I don't care if they fold. Never frown when you take it down, right? Now, once again, the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker. There's a video there called Exploiting Weak Anonymous Site Players, and you have to watch it. In this video, I review four hands where I get maximum value against four different fish. Now, on anonymous sites, of course. Now, one of the great things about this video is that in one of the hands, so it's so interesting. In one of the hands, my opponent flops a set. He slow plays it for two streets, allows me <laughs> to river him, then I get great value out of this fishy slow player, right? So like he, in this video, I'm demonstrating how to get max value, but my opponent demonstrates how to not play a hand and to lose max value. So you have to check out this video. Once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker. All right, so mindset mindset tip number one was get value while the getting's good. Number two is you ain't bluffing if they ain't folding. So have you ever said to yourself, or have you heard someone say, they never fold, and they're saying it in frustration, and they're crying tears in their eyes, right? Well, let me tell you something. That is a great thing. Nay, it's the best thing. That means that these players will give you maximum value. So like I said in number one, get value while the getting's good. 
but that also means do not bluff them. If they are not folding, you're throwing your chips away. Now, some of you might be thinking, Sky, well, they're not folding on the flop, but I'm sure they're folding uh, against a double barrel on the turn. And I would totally agree with you if this is the case, right? So go ahead and make the flop bet, but you must also make the turn bet. If their tendency is to fold on the turn, but you only bet the flop and skip the turn bet, you have made a horrible mistake. The idea here is that you must know what street that they're honest on and bet on that street. And, like I said before, you know, if they're never folding, uh, and if they're never honest on any street, then only bet for value. Just check instead of bluffing. There's no point in bluffing if they are not folding. Get that through your thick head. Only bet for value. And if they're not folding, bet two-thirds pot, three-quarter pot, 80, 85, 120% pot. And this ties into that prior point, get value while the getting's good. Now, this applies pre-flop as well, right? If they raise and they never fold to three bets, do not three bet bluff them. Maybe if they fold a lot on the flop, go ahead and three bet bluff them now with a plan on bluffing on the flop. But if they never fold versus three bets after open raising, three bet for value bigger than normal. Go 10, 11, 12 big blinds because you know they're not folding. Your pocket aces, if they call with pocket tens, if they call with ace queen against your aces and you bet 12 or 13 big blinds, holy cow, anything can happen on the flop, right? But you're getting crazy theoretical pre-flop value and they're making an even bigger mistake when they call bigger three bets against you with crap hands. Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker. You can get a transcript of today's episode, watch that video that I talked about, and of course you can sign up for the Anonymous Poker Exploits program. Like I said before, it's a seven-day program. I teach you every which way to find the weak players, isolate the weak players, and exploit them post-flop and pre-flop, of course, as well. This is the program that you need. And, you know, you don't even have to be an, an anonymous site player. You can play on Poker Stars where you have a HUD and thousands of hands on your opponents. Occasionally, a new opponent, a new opponent pops up at the table. Great! Once you go through this program, you're going to know exactly how to exploit them before you even hit 20 hands against this player. So once again, you have to take me up on this poker program right now. Go to smartpokerstudy.com slash anonymous poker to sign up. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.